Thank you, Brent, for sharing. And again, good to have you with us. And we do pray faithfully for you, and it just so happens. You're in our prayer guide, I think, for this morning to pray for you guys. We alternate, you know, take a missionary each week. Let's pray together, and then we'll interact with God's Word. <coughs> Father, we sang earlier about Christ coming. We're grateful that Christ did come. We know that he remained God as he was on this earth, but certainly did not use all his attributes and so on as he was here, but was willing to humble himself and become obedient even to death. And we thank you that we have the privilege of worship because of Christ and what he has done. And in light of Christ being our life, we don't want to merely hear your word. We want to live well in obedience to it and sensitivity to your spirit each day for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I need a volunteer, and I will tell you that it is worth $5 to you. Oh, my, I got all kinds of hands. Abby. I have $5 hidden somewhere in this building. I didn't say the sanctuary. It is hidden somewhere in the building. You think you can find it? Good to hide and seek. And it is not an obvious place. It's not on me. You think you can find it in the next minute? No? Okay, you may sit down. I'll give you a little help later, maybe. <clears throat> For Abby to find the $5, she needs some revelation. She needs something revealed to her. And as we look at the passage in Romans chapter 1, which we began to look at last week and we continue this morning, we find that the passage is dealing with revelation, God revealing, God uncovering. And he's dealing with, in verses 16 and 17, the revelation of the gospel, which is a righteousness from God is revealed. And that is by faith. Then in verses 18 through 32, we find there's a revelation through creation of God's wrath being revealed against godlessness and wickedness. And as we think about this passage, we're going to read it together. We're going to have various individuals involved in reading. And when a new person starts to read, please notice that there is something new happening in the passage. In light of what the previous verses said, there's something happening. So we're going to read Romans 1, 18 through 32. And I think you guys know when you're reading, just stand where you are and read. And I'll begin with verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress, suppress the truth by their wickedness. 
since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what, he has, from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their simple desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were impressed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what they ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insults, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, they also approve of those who practice them. <clears throat> Thank you, gentlemen, for reading. We find there's some foundational facts in this passage that I think are important as we seek to understand the passage. And the first one is the word revelation. Important to understand revelation. In verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men. We find back in verse 17, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from the first to the last, just as it's written. The righteous will live by faith. It is vital to understand that what is said in verses 18 through 20 or 32 is revealed. This coming up, Jer, says there's no connection. <clears throat> It's important to understand, revealed, it means to disclose, to be plainly seen. And the tense is such that it indicates it is present. There's a revelation continuing to take place. It's not once, it's continuing to take place. And it's not dependent upon humans. This revelation, this uncovering, this revealing is continually taking place because it's dependent upon God. 
Revelation stands in contrast to reasoning, to explanations. All reasoning, explanations, apart from God's revelation, leave something to be desired because humans are dead in transgressions and sins. Without revelation from God, the righteousness of God, and also in creation, we're entering into dark territory, dark turf. And if you look at our world today, if you look at what happens in schools, what is taught in schools, in the sense that basically in schools it's a no-God zone. Authority has been greatly diminished. Teachers sometimes say, what can we do to correct that behavior which is not good? If you look at the news, you'll find that, again, the news is quite depressing. Again, we're dealing with a world in which revelation has been suppressed. So we have darkness. You stop and think about the darkness of our own nation in terms of abortion over the years. Rejection of God's revelation of his wrath through creation leads down a dark path for individuals, for communities, for our county, for our nation. We close the door to understanding revelation and we close the door to righteousness. If you look at biblical history, you think about the flood. What God revealed in creation was rejected. You think about the conflict in Genesis 16 where Abraham had a child by Hagar and the conflict that has resorted as that is present in our world today. Again, rejection of God's revelation. Think about World War II and what happened there with Germany and Europe. A rejection of God's revelation. Stop and look at our country today. Just the whole issue of sexuality and a rejection of revelation. A good people to ask question is, or a good question to ask people, a good question to ask people is, what is your source of authority? What is your source of light? And the path you have gone down, if you continue that path, or if a nation continues that path, where will it lead? Again, revelation is important as we seek to understand this passage. Two things are revealed. A righteousness from God that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's clearly stated in verse 17. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. The fact that there can be a righteousness for people who are dead in transgressions and sins is from God. It's revealed. You don't get that on your own. It's a revelation. And that ultimately came through Christ. But also revealed is the wrath of God against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. 
God has revealed through creation that he is against the godlessness and wickedness of men. When they suppress the truth, they hold it down. But again, creation in that which has has been revealed. We as creatures would not grasp God's righteousness that is available, nor his wrath towards godlessness and wickedness if they had not been revealed. We don't have the reasoning ability to figure that out. It's a revelation that God gives. This revelation of God's righteousness and wrath is truth. As Paul says, they suppress the truth by their wickedness. Truth means to be verifiable. It's conformable to reality. It's free from my hypocrisy. It's truth that there's a righteousness available. It's truth that God's wrath is against the godlessness and wickedness of men. This enables us to respond to some basic worldview questions in life. Everyone has a worldview of some type. They have a lens through which they interpret their world. And basically a worldview is having glasses on, and I could put some colored stuff in front of my glasses and it would affect how I view things. Everything would be blue if I put a blue thing over my glasses. If I put red, it would be red. So we interpret our worldview in various ways, but biblically, Romans 1, along with passages that we looked at earlier in previous weeks, enables us to answer, who are we as humans? We'll answer that in more detail in weeks to come. Where did we come from? Very timely question. How did the world get here? What is our purpose as humans? Why is there death, pain, and suffering? That question comes up multiple times. Why do we even have pain, death, and suffering in our world today? Why is there evil in our world? To some extent, our country thinks there's evil in the world because we don't have enough laws. So because of the shooting that took place in California this week... The whole issue of gun control has come up again. Maybe we need more laws to control shootings. You know, where people cannot buy a gun. Laws will not change the heart. But if we have a worldview that lets God out, then we have a different conclusion as to why there is evil. We have shootings because people have guns. If you go one worldview, another worldview, we have shootings because people have guns, but they have a sinful heart. But again, that's revelation that has been revealed. And then, is there hope? Revelation, or Romans 1 answers that question. Again, we'll discuss that in more detail. Another word or parallel words that are important in light of the passage is the word creation 
or created or creator. That is central. God created. There's a distinction between the creatures and the creator. We have a creator who is holy, sovereign, set apart. We have creatures who are subject to the creator. There's a distinction between the creator and between the creatures. And again, I think an important distinction in the world in which we live. God has made himself known to us today. And when we forget that creator-creature distinction, what happens? People walk away from the creator. They want to be the creator, so they choose to do as they please, such as what happened in California this week. I heard in the news that there has been one mass shooting over more than one mass shooting per day in our country this year. And a mass shooting is defined by the one who is giving the account is where there's over four people, four people or more that are injured or killed. That's 300 and some in our country. But that ties into wanting to, people want to be the creator. They want to run their lives rather than living in submission to the creator. We think about government, whether it be in our country or other countries, that we can run government ourselves. Those in authority may forget that they are accountable to a creature or the creator as creature, creatures and as they rule. Without the creator-creature distinction, daily living gets very, very messed up. Something else that is important to note in this passage is that all humans are worshipers. There are no exceptions. In verse 25, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And worship and serve the created things rather than the creator who is praised forever. Amen. All humans worship. Whether it be the creator or created thing or something else. It's not an issue of whether we worship. It's an issue of who or what we worship. To reject God's revelation means one goes down a path of worshiping the created thing. The word no, and its related terms come through loud and clear. Look at verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed, uncovering. Verse 19, since what may be known about God is plain to them. Middle of verse 20. His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood. Verse 21, for although they knew God. Verse 23, the idea of knowing, so what are they doing? 
exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds and animals and reptiles. In verse 25, they exchanged. If you're exchanging something, you have one thing, you're going to exchange it for another. They knew what they were doing. In verse 26, even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. They knew something, so they exchanged. Verse 28, furthermore, since they did not want to think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, they knew something. Verse 32, although they know God's righteous decrees. We're dealing with people who know they're not in darkness in the sense that they aren't aware of what God has revealed through creation. Now think about the progression that is taking place in this passage. In verses 18 through 20, God is revealing his wrath against godlessness and wickedness of men. Then there is human rejection in verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So they knew God. God has revealed his wrath against wickedness and godlessness. They knew that. They had knowledge of it. They could see it. But what did they do? They didn't glorify him as God or give thanks to him. There's a rejection. Use an example from my mother-in-law who has passed on and gone to be with the Lord. Martha was a very interesting lady in many ways, uh, very helpful and encouraging to many people and impacted many people in very, very deep ways. And that came through at her funeral. But she could be stubborn at times. Ruthann was concerned about her for some time that she may have cancer. And Martha kept saying, no, no, I don't have cancer. And she was taking her vitamins and she was eating the right foods and so on, you know, to deal with all of that. And finally, Martha ended up at the doctor with Ruth Ann. And the doctor examining her told her, without doing any further test, you have breast cancer. No question about it. And Martha denied that. She went home and refused to get any treatment. And there was another time when Martha was going to the doctor after there was some tests done and so on. And Martha had argued with the doctor. I don't have it. I don't have cancer. So Dave and Linda... Ruth Ann and I went with Martha to the doctor. And the doctor came into the room and he said, I told you so. And Martha went off with some words about, I don't have cancer. And I can remember going home after that doctor visit and Ruth Ann and I went back to the house and I said something to Martha and Martha just sat there with that determined look in her face. She was not going to talk about cancer because she did not have it. She did. She had the revelation. Ruth Ann knew it. The doctor knew it. He performed a test and they knew it. And she still said, no. 
That's what's happening here in Romans 1. God has revealed himself through creation, his wrath against godlessness and wickedness. And what are people saying? No, we won't glorify you as God. We won't give thanks to you. So what happens? They become futile or their thinking becomes futile and their foolish hearts are darkened. And then in in verses 24 and 25, we find that God gave them over. They're worshiping things made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. So in verse 24, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity. You don't want to acknowledge me as creator? I will let you go. I won't hold you back any longer. And then in verses 26 and 27, because of this, because they're worshiping the created thing rather than the creator, God says, I'll let you go. I'll give you over to your shameful lust. I won't hold you back. So what do they do? They exchange natural relations for unnatural ones, both men and women. So God gives them over then to a depraved mind due to not wanting to retain the knowledge of God. And it is in that context. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they knew God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. See, there's a progression. God has revealed himself. They don't respond, and they move further and further from God. Now think about an application to the world in which we live, particularly our country. We are constantly making laws in our country. And we need good laws. Don't misunderstand me. But we seem to have the belief that if we make a law, that'll stop an evil action. It doesn't change the heart. For we who claim Christ, we need to understand what God says because it makes a difference in how we live in our world and in our country. So we may talk about the need for this law or that law, and it may be a good law, but it still does not change the heart. So we can have a law concerning guns for our nation, for our state, for our county, for our township. That will not change the heart. People who commit the things described in verses 28 through 32 have walked away from God. They have rejected God's revelation. And it makes a difference in how we think. 
and how we respond to circumstances in our world. A downward spiral spiral from God is taking place. They suppress the truth in verse 18. They're without excuse in verse 20. They don't glorify God nor give thanks to him. In verse 21, in verse 22, they claim to be wise and they became fools. They exchanged the glory of God for the glory of the immortal God. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They worship and serve the created things rather than the creator. They exchange God's desire for sexual relations. They didn't think it worthwhile to retain God, knowledge of God. They continue their evil and improve of those who do evil. We view our world differently as we understand Romans chapter 1. People choose to move away from God. We can think about Hitler in history. We can think about abortion in our own nation. We can think about sexual, if you want to use the term revolution, revolution in our country. We can think about ISIS. We can think about college campus unrest that took place not too many weeks ago. We can think about politics and politicians, not all but some. We can think about family breakup. We can think about our need for prisons. All of that ties in with Romans 1. Romans 1 influences our worldview. In the context of Romans 1, 2, and 3, verses 16 and 17 of chapter 1, and in chapter 3, 26 through chapter 5 and verse 21, the idea of righteousness is presented. You say, we're talking about a dark dark subject this morning. Yes, but before righteousness of God is talked about and after righteousness of God is talked about. And there's two interrelated ideas with that righteousness. And the first one is an acceptance as righteous or justified or provision for justification. In spite of the darkness that is described in Romans 1, 18 through 32, and then along with chapter 2 and chapter 3, 1 through 20, There's a righteousness from God available. There's a righteousness from God available. But unless we understand the depth of our deadness, we don't look to Christ. Those who are doing well don't need a Savior. This acceptance that is possible because of God's being fair and equitable dealings with humans. See, God is just and says, my wrath is revealed against the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth in their wickedness. My wrath is towards that. There's judgment coming. But he is just then in sending Jesus as a payment for our sin.
He demands a penalty, his wrath. But he's love in that he provided the payment in the person of Jesus Christ. So as we discuss Romans 1, see it in the context of righteousness from God revealed, wrath of God revealed, righteousness of God revealed. Our worldview makes a difference. Dick, Ruth Ann's dad, had prostate cancer and also developed cancer in his jaw. And he assumes that from, he got that from when he would have used tobacco when he was a young man. Dick, I think, knew he had cancer a long time before he shared with anyone. One time he asked Ruth Ann to look in his mouth and... uh, Right away she thought, no, dad, cancer. And Ruth Ann wanted Dick to go to the doctor, but he did not want to go. But lo and behold, he ended up at the dentist and some tests were done and he did have cancer. So he went to a surgeon, the surgeon, right, honey? And... Ruth Ann said she sensed that the surgeon just did not feel comfortable because he was going to have to spill the bad news. And Dick more or less said, don't worry about it. I know the bad news already. I have cancer. It's the type of cancer I have. And if I have surgery, my jaw will be removed. I'll have to drink with a straw and so on the rest of my life. I'm choosing not to have any treatment. I'm just going to die. Doctor had a hard time with that. Because his function is to keep people living. But Dick's worldview was, why gain a couple months of life? And it probably would have been very, very few. If I have to go through all of this, I know where I'm going. I know Christ is my Savior. He is my righteousness. So he died. But his worldview in that particular case made a difference. He understood God's revelation and responded to it. Abby, you want to come to the front, please? Abby needs revelation if she is going to get her $5. So, Abby, if you go over here to the organ speaker and you look behind it, there's a little blue thing sticking out, one of the wrappers or the ties that you can tie bread with. If you look behind it, you can uh, pull it right there at the bottom. You see it? Look a little more. I don't think anyone... Right here at the corner, right there. Okay, what's there, Abby? Okay, you may go sit down. Abby would have never found that. She could have looked all day and all night, and the next day I think it would have never found it. Because it was slid in, the little blue thing was sticking out so you couldn't even see the $5 bill. She needed revelation. We humans need revelation. The righteousness of God, but also the wrath of God. Let's pray together. And as we pray this morning, I will be leading for several items and then Travis 
We'll be praying for Brett Michelle Riley and Ryan. Father, we do adore you. We do praise you. We know your wrath. You revealed your wrath. You're eternal. You always exist. You're holy. You're set apart. You're sovereign. You're in complete control. You're gracious and you're loving. We know too you're Jehovah Rapha, the continuous self-existing one who can heal. You're Jehovah Shammah, the continuous self-existing one who is present. You're there. We praise you in light of our study of Romans 1 that in Christ we have life. Christ is creator. He's your lamb. He's the living water. He's the bread of life. He's the good shepherd. And in the midst of your wrath being revealed against the godlessness and wickedness of men, Your righteousness has been revealed, and we can call you Father because Christ is our high priest. We become members of the body of Christ, and thank you that we can pray for others as we do each week, pray for the individuals listed in our prayer guide. Joe and Alice Jean Martin, Lois Martin, I pray for these three individuals that they may have a spirit of wisdom and understanding that they might know you better. Enlighten the eyes of their hearts so that they might know the hope to which they've been called as they battle with physical trials and get older in terms of years to realize there's a hope because of Christ. Also, Father, enlighten the eyes of their hearts so that they might know the riches of your inheritance in them along with other saints. Your inheritance is in us. May they also be able to grasp the power that is at work in them, a power that raised Christ from the dead, exalted him to your right hand, and made him head of the church. And how that power applies to Joe and Alice Jean relating to one another, fulfilling their roles in marriage. How that power applies to Joe and Alice Jean and Lois and relating to their children, their grandchildren. How that power applies to trials that they face physically, having an attitude of joy rather than bitterness. May they grow in a passion to know Christ and to make him known. May they have wisdom in daily life as they age and face the aches and the pains and the difficulties that come with aging. May they have wisdom and understanding in relating to their adult children and relating to their grandchildren in a godly way so that they can impact those who are younger for your glory. Father, in light of some services we had back in October and early November, so we dealt with evaluation of our church and repentance and confession, we want to express our desire to you, Father. We desire your glory in us as a body. It's not about us. It's your glory. We desire that. We desire to know Christ 24-7. As we go to our jobs, as we live at home, as we go to school, as we drive, as we respond to the news, to a neighbor, and so on. We just want to know Christ and work and live for your glory. Father, we desire for us who are men to be godly men, 
To be godly husbands. To be godly fathers. As we seek to lead and love our families. Don't want to be passive, but have a deep passion to obey. We want to be godly women, wives and mothers, living in light of the power that is at work within us, seeking to support and complement our husbands, to teach, to train our children. And Father, we want to be biblical children and teens, seeking to obey, respect, and honor mom and dad. To learn to live under authority, not only of mom and dad, but of those in school, those in the government. And fathers, we read your word over and over again. People express desire to you and you honor that. So we want to be what you've called us to be, Father. And I know, too, Father, there are individuals in our church going through trials and difficulties, some relationally, some physical, some job-wise, some just have difficult things coming up. May they feel free to share with others, to ask others to pray so that others can encourage and bless and spur them on. May they, in their difficulty, find your grace to be sufficient to mature through them and to become more like Christ. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.